The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about what companies and law firms should do to protect private client data. We always worry about that. In this day and age, with all the security breaches that we've been hearing about daily, we know that it's really critical to protect client data and customer data. And we have a wonderful expert with us today. I was reading this great article that Simone McCormick wrote. It's called Law Firms Must Take Steps to Protect Private Client Data. And she is a partner and an attorney up in beautiful San Francisco area. She is a partner at Murphy, Pearson, Bradley, and Feeney. And she is also a certified privacy professional who assists businesses and professionals in privacy and data compliance issues. And she also is a breach, a security breach coach. And she represents clients in government investigations and litigation. So she is a good person to know. So um, you can find out more about her at her website as well. And I'm going to give that to you. And that is, um, what did I do with it? Yeah, M-P-F-B-F, that's mpbf.com. So thank you so much, Simone, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Mari, for inviting me to the show. It's a pleasure. Well, this is fun. So, you know, we have businesses driving by. We have a lot of attorneys. We have a law school here. A lot of people listening in that are really concerned about privacy and cybersecurity. So uh, a lot, some people don't even really think about it. They think if they're a small business, it doesn't even make any difference to them. So why should businesses in general be concerned about privacy and cybersecurity? So, Mari, that, that's a good question, and, and the bottom line is that we've come to all enjoy technology and the ease of it. Uh, we increasingly use electronically stored data to run our businesses, and all businesses have valuable data. They have employee files. 
They have personal information of both clients and employees. They might even have protected health information. They have business information, customer lists, credit card information, trade secrets, a whole slew of highly confidential data in their systems, and they increasingly rely upon the systems to be secure. And the question is, and that's sort of uh, surfaced last year, is are we doing enough to protect the data, or are we well-equipped to fend off criminals that are trying to get into our systems and take the data? Yes. And there's there's especially critical concerns for law firms and lawyers. They have a lot of data that's very sensitive, right? We have all of our clients' data. So let's let's talk about really the particular concerns for law firms. So law firms are uniquely exposed to cyber-related risks because they harbor large quantities of highly sensitive information, corporate secrets and strategies, attorney-client privileged communications with clients, work products such as legal analysis, strategy, regarding either a transactional matter or litigation. And obviously, access to this information could reveal trade secrets, compromise operations of companies, expose liabilities, and can be used against the company uh, for either a competitive advantage or to cause significant harm. Right. So let's talk about some examples of actual data incidents that have been involved, uh, that have involved lawyers or law firms. So I I would say there are about two big buckets of types of incidents. There are one, the sophisticated cyber attacks. These are typically targeted. They can be state-sponsored. They're typically for economic intelligence or also called industrial espionage. The FBI has actually noted that since 2009, there was an uptick in these very targeted attacks on law firms, and several law firms were affected. In fact, in 2010, several Canadian law firms um, were affected also by um, very targeted uh, attacks for industrial espionage. It could also be for revenge. There was a California law firm in 2010 that had filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against the People's Republic of China, and they fell victim to a sophisticated phishing attack. Mm, Yes, so the same stuff can happen to any kind of business as well. So what are some of the legal requirements with with regard to privacy and security for for businesses in general, and that includes law firms? And, 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 you know, I I might want to add, those are the big attacks that we became aware of, but there's also the ones that affect more uh, law firms in general or businesses that involve employee mishaps. And those include a lost or stolen device, an honest error such as a misdirected email, uh, also disposal issues. Have you shredded the documents and have you uh, swiped the chips of um, copy machines before you dispose of them? Yes. So those are also uh, problems that affect a large array of uh, small to mid-sized law firms or businesses as well. Right. And people need to understand that our security breach law really applies to 
everyone. That means even small businesses. If you're a small business and some and you lost your laptop and it had all sorts of sensitive information with addresses, social security numbers, bank account numbers, credit card numbers, or whatever, if you did that, you are subject to the same breach laws that a huge law firm is or a huge company is, or the government in California. If you're a government agency, you have a duty to disclose as well and to um, do what you can to provide notice. And, you know, this is this is for everybody, right? That is, and, and you're absolutely right. The, the loss for stolen device is sort of the prime example in that arena. And there is a recent example against the law firm where a backup tape were stolen out of the trunk of an employee, and they contain personal information, social security numbers, and driver's license, which trigger the privacy statutes and um, require notification of affected individuals. So that's a good example. And there are generally 47 states now that have privacy laws. Those laws typically protect personal information. So, for example, if you have um, a corporate trade secret that gets stolen, that is not covered under those privacy laws. Right. I just want to make that clear. Right. It's um, personal information. They call that the PII, if you're listening. It's it's your name plus your social security number or your driver's license number or health information or, you know, there's a whole list of what the that sensitive data is that if someone has that, they can use it possibly to commit identity theft. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And sub, uh, law firms can, can also be subject to HIPAA and high-tech. Yes. For example, if you're a medical malpractice firm and you obtained through the covered entities that you defend health information, protected health information, you are subject to HIPAA. And on that basis, you have to follow the um, privacy rule, security rule, and breach notification rules of HIPAA. Yes, yes. And the same thing if you're a business. If you, What about if you are self-insured, medically self-insured, and you happen to have that information, that you would be subject to that too, wouldn't you? Th- that is correct. And you would also be subject to the California Medical Information Act, the CMIA, yes. which um, is particularly threatening to businesses because it has a nominal damages of $1,000 per um, individual. Right. So is there a class action? Can you do a class action on that one? Is that possible under that, that uh, California medical law? Because that it could, is yeah. The, the CMIA, that's absolutely possible. You have to be a sponsor of a health plan at a minimum mm-hmm. um, or otherwise uh, a medical professional to be medical provider to be subject to it. But it is possible. Certainly there are... Um, employers that sponsor their own health plans, and they would be subject to it, absolutely. Right. Are there any other additional ethical and professional responsibility requirements for law firms and lawyers? There also are state and statutory uh, requirements ask attorneys to keep or maintain 
confidences of the client, and they also require attorneys to be competent. Now, the ABA, as well as state bar associations, have started to adapt these duties in the cyber age, and so there are several um, opinions that have been issued, both by the ABA as well as individual states, that apply those two principles and duties to the cyber age. For example, you have to prevent the unauthorized disclosure of communications. And this includes that you have to advise a client, for example, that email communication might not be safe and might not maintain that confidentiality. That's one example. And, you know, this drives me crazy because, you know, being that I'm a CIPP like you are, that we worry about these kinds of things. And it's so easy, even if you're a small law firm, it's so easy to use Adobe Professional and be able to encrypt. Every one of my clients, I, I send, I will never send anything sensitive or confidential in an email without encrypting it. I either encrypt the email or I encrypt the attachment and that they have to, you know, and then I'll tell them the password on the phone so so I don't put it in an email. But you would not be, you probably wouldn't be surprised. But, Simone, I'm always shocked that I'll get a big law firm that will send me something when I'm doing a mediation, and they'll attach it, and it's not encrypted, and it has tons of sensitive information about their own clients. So this is something that I think attorneys have kind of been, you know, kind of behind on this, don't you think? Well, I think that it's a learning curve, and we need to adapt uh, to the new technologies that we've come accustomed to using and also understand what the potential dangers are and responsibilities. So I agree with you that still um, there is not a general awareness of some of the dangers of the use of electronic devices, and I think that this needs to change going forward. Yes. Um, so what are some of the other challenges for for law firms in, uh, regarding breaches, privacy, and security management? Well, the challenges in general are always to balance the information governance that meets ex- expectations of lawyers, which means that it has to be easy, there has to be instant access, and to maintain a high security. Uh, And that maintains a challenge for, I think, all law firms. Employee education, I think, is a challenge, and management of employees. Um, BYOD is still widely used to bring your own device. That means that um, lawyers, such as as well as business associates bring their own devices that they then use for communications to do work. And the question is, are they, do they have the security controls that comply with the general standard that the firm or the business has, and they may not. So managing that is continuing to be a challenge for businesses as well as for law firms. And then I think clients have become more aware and more demanding, and they've started auditing businesses uh, with whom they conduct, um, with whom they have a relationship as well as law firms to seek reassurance that they have in place uh, policies as well as security measures that they agree with. Um, and they have questionnaires, they have third-party review by outside vendors, and also um, conduct penetration testing into the system. So we see that more and more, and I think that will increase in the future. 
guests. We are speaking with Simone McCormick, who is a partner in the law firm of Murphy, Pearson, Bradley, and Feeney. And she is coming to us from Northern California with a lot of expertise on advising companies and law firms. So what do you think? Are, do you have any comments about the, the recent Sony attacks? Well, I think that was a most unfortunate event that highlighted really a new era of state-sponsored cyber attacks. This is not the first time that this happened, but it sort of surfaced uh, into the public eye or catapulted the issue into the limelight of mainstream America and and the international community. Um, It was apparently a state-sponsored attack for revenge, and what I find the most troubling, and everybody does, that it also impacted freedom of speech and artistic expression because it was a direct attack on that, and that obviously uh, should concern all of us because that you know we live in a free society and we want to keep it that way. So, um, what do we do going forward? And and I think we're all asked to maintain our rights and um, not be intimidated. I know it's a, it's a real challenge, and then we worry about you know our infrastructure, you know cybersecurity with our infrastructure as well. So, it this this all this issue, these issues of cybersecurity and security and privacy, really go to the core of who we are in this world and who we are in this country. So I think it's it is a really important thing. Now, when you, I know you do counseling and and um, coaching on breach so let's let me ask you just a couple questions what are some of the things that you coach when you come into a business and you find out that there has been some of a some kind of a breach what are some of the coaching things that you say to these companies what do you do so with as a breach coach what you do is you're asked to advise in a cyber incident, and you determine uh, in in conjunction and collaboration with other vendors, such as an IT consulting firm, such as a a, um, breach notification vendor, you devise a, a plan and determine what the issue is, what actions need to be taken, what authority needs to be notified, is there a requirement to notify individuals, and you coordinate with all these different entities and vendors that come together to assist the business in in navigating this crisis, how how to manage it. Yes, and I would think you even have to work with law enforcement because um, they're in the middle of investigating as well that often, correct? That's right. So you work with um, all state uh, authorities uh, that that need to be involved uh, in this situation uh, and take one step at a time depending on you know, the severity of the situation, so it could in, in, in involve law enforcement, for example. Yeah. So in terms of coaching, do you do um, pre-breach, pre-breach? 
Bridge Coaching. So for my business people that are driving by right now, what are some of the things that you would tell your business clients if they say, hey, you know, Simone, we don't want to have to go through security breach disclosures. We don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to lose money. This is very costly. What should we be doing to protect our customers and our clients? Give us a kind of a laundry list of that. So what I help uh, clients is with compliance. So if you come to me and you say, well, Simone, I don't even know what, if I'm in compliance with all the laws that apply to my business, then I will sit down with you. I will look at what data you possess, and we will determine in conjunction, uh, again, with some outside uh, individuals such as IT firms, such as a consulting firm, on what the best step uh, is for you to get A in compliance, to do a risk analysis, to devise policies and procedures that suit your business, to devise a data breach response plan, all those things that are necessary for you to um, feel safe and secure and uh, be able to navigate the perils of the 21st century. So let's say there was, um, I'm sure it's going to be different for a large company. A large company is going to have access to all these vendors. They're going to have an IT department. They may have a a chief privacy officer, a, a, a chief security officer. The bigger companies are going to have all of this available to them. So the, for the small companies and the startups that are driving by and maybe for the business school, could you give us some just some ideas about what are some things that they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. For example, you know, encryption and and getting to know how to use encryption in their office and, and buying encryption software or having a certain policy for bring your own device. Can you give us some ideas about that? So that well, our- where I would start, uh, Mari, is definitely data mapping. You need to figure out what you have, where it is, and who has access to it. Those are two, uh, three very simple questions that you need to be able to answer. And then you need to conduct a risk analysis. Well, what is the risk if certain... Um, Portions of my data get compromised, and where should I put them, and what security measures should I have for certain aspects of my data? Maybe not all data needs to be secured equally. Maybe you need to have different locations for different sets of data. That's one thing. Um, you need to figure out if you're subject to HIPAA. If you're subject to HIPAA, then you have to have, for example, business associates agreements in place. It's a very simple thing, but you need to know that you're subject to it, and then you can move forward. You also have to have uh, adequate access controls. I think encryption is the solution. It's not the end all, but it certainly is a very big step in the right direction because a lot of these laws have a, a safe harbor that if you encrypt, i.e. the data is indeed unreadable, then you're not subject to any notification requirements, for example. So that is uh, something that I'd absolutely advise. Use strong passwords and change them periodically. Scrub your metadata. That is, by the way, uh, going back to law firms, that's required by New York, by the New York State Bar. Scrub your metadata because you're providing the other side as you're communicating, for example, with information that you may not intend to give up. 
Right. So um, why don't you just, let me just ask you, Simone, because some people don't know what metadata is. It's kind of hidden. So could you explain what metadata is? It's, it, it literally means data about data. So if you have a document, it has, there, there is a lot of information about that document, who created it, um, when it was altered, uh, and all this information you don't necessarily want to provide to the other side. Right. You, you don't want to, to make known the originator of that document, for example, and how often it was uh, changed and how frequently you don't want to provide that information. And therefore, you can simply install software that scrubs that data. So when the document goes out, that is all unreadable. Very good. Okay, so you were talking about that to scrub the metadata. Did you have some other issues? You know, firewalls, um, that's the most obvious, um, but firewalls and, and to update patches. Um, and I want to add is, uh, you know, attorneys are not experts in IT, for example, and many businesses, especially small or mid-sized businesses, are not experts in IT. But just, you know, that doesn't get you off the hook, so to speak. You need to understand what the general requirements are. And if, if it's above your head, you need to outsource. You need to involve an expert an IT specialist that can give you the advice. And typically, there are scalable services, so you don't need to be afraid that that's going to break your bank or not be something that you can entertain. I think the first step is to ask and, and also document the efforts that you've made. Um, privacy and security policies, you'd be surprised, Mari, how many businesses don't have any. Right, right. And and how about um, when you're talking about privacy and security policies, you know, that gets into having your training for your own employees. So that's that's another issue, right, is to make sure that whatever policies you do have, they're congruent with the laws. But then it's they're no good unless you have your employees following them, right? <laughs> Well, th that's right, and that's obviously a big challenge. But the first step is to have them. The second step is to update them. And the third is that you need to ensure your employees are following the policies. And if you, for example, have policies that you know nobody's following, then that might actually be more harmful than good for your business and for your safety and security. Right. Of your data. Yeah, because if you have a policy and you don't follow it, then you have more exposure, right? More Absolutely. legal exposure. Right. And then what are some of the other things? I'm, I'm thinking of, of people. These are really good for these businesses to know. But what about the dirty employee? What about the unscrupulous insider? What about background checks? Well, I, I, I think that is background checks uh, might be helpful in some situations. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily required. It depends on on what the position is, but certainly that boils down to access controls. Should every employee of your business have unfettered access to everything? And the answer is probably no. It's not necessary for them for exercising their job duties. Therefore, access controls are key to know which employee is really required to have access to certain sets of data. Um, and in, in that regard, though, the, the rogue employee is very little, um, there's very little you can do about it. 
Right. And, and if they are going to have access to sensitive data, then that's something that you might want to consider doing a background check, because that might also be considered negligent if you hire somebody who's a felon, right? Well, it, you know, it depends on, again, what, what access they have to data in general. Right. Um, certainly for your business, it makes sense to have them, and certain bu- uh, businesses have to do it because the the contact that these individuals will have with customers or with patients, um, therefore they, they have to conduct these uh, background checks. But it's not necessary for every job. Um, but right. certainly you want to make sure that people that have access to sensitive data um, are someone that you can trust. Right. So we have just about another minute. Is there any other last word or advice that you have for law firms or businesses that you'd like to leave us with? I think in light of the alternative, it is key to start your compliance program and, and don't wait. Anything is better than nothing. The downside is uh, infinitely worse, which is, you know, obviously the costs associated with forensic investigation, network remediation, the business interruption, uh, the reputational harm, and potential government investigations, and then lastly, litigation, of course. So I would say don't wait. Right, and and even notification, too. Those are all really important things. So it is just time to go. So thank you so much, Simone. Why don't you give your website, and then it's time for us to go. Perfect. Our website is www.mpbf.com. Okay, thank you so much. We'll have you back again. You stay in touch, okay? Thank you very much, Mari. All right, great job. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. And visit us at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 